Hi, my name's Susie, and um, I spent the last two weeks in Israel with um, other vineyard women pastors and leaders, and um, there are so many things that happened on this trip um, that I, I honestly, I don't think that I'll fully um, kind of process and understand the things that will kind of come. I think years from now, I'll, some stuff will maybe be revealed to me and I'll be like, oh wow, that stems, I can trace that all the way back to that trip. So um, this church sent me there and thank you. Um, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for, um, thank you for sending me there. Um, when I went, I kept feeling very, um, very inadequate, like I didn't belong because the other ladies going, I just felt were way out of my league. And, um, I just felt like, why, God, would you choose me to be on this, um, this trip with these ladies? And um, as I was there, I found a deeper sense of belonging than I have ever felt in my life. And um, so I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you for sending me. Um, it was so interesting to see um, to see the places and to hear the stories while we were standing there looking at them. Um, I have some pictures if you want to go ahead to the first one. So the, f oh, sorry, it's out of order. I didn't realize. Um, it looks like there's a, there's a doorway. Yes. Perfect. So this is Simon the Tanner's house, which is where, um, this is where, if you remember the story where Peter had a dream and he saw um, a blanket being lowered from heaven with different animals on it, this is where that happened. It was on that roof. This is the extent of where you can go, like you can't actually go inside or up on the roof. But um, So that was where the trip started. I actually was one of very few, I want to say it was maybe three people that actually got to see this one because I arrived earlier than anticipated because flights, if you've watched any of the news, it's been chaotic for everyone and I was not immune to that. So, but I, it worked out in my favor this time and I arrived early so I was able to, um, to see this while we waited for other people to arrive. Um, and then if you, now the picture of the lady that we just had up, if you'll go to that one. So this is Sonia. I would love to introduce you to her. She has completely changed my life. She was our tour guide. She is a Messianic Jew, spirit-filled Messianic Jew. So um, she loves Jesus. Her life, I, so I am someone, for those who do not know me, it doesn't take long to know when I feel um, the Holy Spirit's presence, I just cry. I just weep. Ugly cry, doesn't matter. It just comes and it hits me. So 
basically every single time she opened her mouth, I would just cry. She would share her personal story of her life growing up, her family. She became um, a believer when she was 12 years old, and her family rejected her and beat her. So she would go home from her uh, congregation meetings, and... um, and her family would beat her till she was completely black and blue. She tells one story of um, one day she got home, and it was, like I said, it was a regular, she just knew it, it was a routine. She would come home from her congregation. That's what they called their Sunday services, uh, but they're not, they're on Saturdays there. But um, she would get home from that, and, and, she just knew that it was coming. So there was one day, it was raining outside, and she didn't want to go in and get beaten. Imagine that. So she walked behind, behind her house to a patio, and she just stayed on the patio in the rain. She, didn't, she was cold, it was raining, but she didn't care because she didn't want to go inside. Well, her mom at one point looked and noticed that she was there. So her mom went out and started beating her. And then her brother came out and started beating her. And she's on the ground, like trying to protect her face, just being kicked and smashed and all this stuff. And she's freezing cold because it's raining. And she just prays, Lord, if you can just part the clouds and and use the sun to send me some warmth. I'm really cold. And uh, wouldn't you know, one ray of light from the sun shone on her and warmed her up. So she's there on the ground being beaten, and she's feeling the warmth of the sun, and this actually makes her laugh, which wasn't very good because then her family just started beating her harder, but, um, but for her, it was him saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. And he, he said, um, she said that he told her that, because, because they would beat her saying, we're going to beat the Jesus out of you. And she said that the Lord said, they can't beat me out of you. I am inside of you. They can't, no matter what they can do to your physical body, they cannot beat me out of you. So that's just, I mean, like I said, she, by the end of the trip, she was telling me another story, and it was the, it was just before we said goodbye, and, um, and I'm just, of course, crying, and she looks at me, and she goes, I have made you cry too many times on this trip, (laughs) so yeah, all right, so uh, the next picture Hopefully we're back on, let's, yes. So this is the view from my first hotel room, uh, looking out over the Dead Sea. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, It's interesting, that video we just watched, every time I watch it, I pick up another layer and another layer of stuff that we just talked about on this trip. It's really, it's really cool. Um, Every morning we would... um, we would wake up and have breakfast and then get on our bus. And we would start our trip with uh, prayer and some worship 
on our bus. So that was really meaningful, and it was cool because we would do, if you're familiar with old school vineyard, that's what we were doing. Holy and anointed was like our go-to for the whole week. It was, it was incredible to be there singing these songs. <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, it was very cool. Um, uh, one of our next trips, if we go to the next, as we were staying in the Dead Sea, one of the places we visited was En Gedi. That is, um, so if you look, you can see, now would be a great time to have one of those pointers. But if you see kind of the black um, kind of holes, those are openings in the rocks. Those are caves, and this is actually where David hid from Saul, um, and uh, I don't have, I didn't add a picture of it here, but um, we know for a fact, now we don't know which cave, which opening he hid in, but we do know that this is the exact location because in it, in the psalm, he describes being next to the um, spring of wild goats, which is just past this um, I didn't think to add that picture, sorry. Um, but it's just past this area, so we know that this is. And that's another thing that was really cool about Sonia. She was very clear on the places that we went. If it was tradition, like it was just traditional thought, they have said this is the place, so this is where we commemorate it, or this is actually without a doubt, as without a doubt you can be the place and this was it was cool that this was one of those sites this is actually also the site where each of us there were like two very intimidating parts of the trip to me about going and one was um, we had to share it like a devotional we had to like lead a devotional or something like that uh, with the whole group and then um, we had to share our story with the whole group and so that just made me super nervous going in. So I like signed up for right off the bat. So right off the bat, this was like our first real um, outing. So I signed up for this one because I just figured, you know, it's early enough by the time we get going. If I completely fail, they're just all going to forget by the time the trip's over and not even remember what I say. And then I actually shared my story that night. So I thought, you know, just one day, get it all done. I can breathe easy the rest of the trip. That slightly backfired. Kim, our leader, then um, she knew that this was my plan. So then after, she, she gave me like, I don't know, 24, 48 hours to breathe easy. But then she invited me to start stepping into other forms of leading the group. So I was like, oh my gosh. So, but it, it was, I mean, that's what we were there for, and it was amazing. Uh, one thing, I, as I was sharing in the group, uh, the, the thing that I shared was um, I went through a, a spiritual discipline, which is this particular one was just a time where we would um, quiet ourselves and ask the Lord to highlight some things to us. And we're in this moment of quiet contemplation, and this group goes by us like super loud and chaotic. Um, which I'll kind of touch back on this, why that's important later. But um, it was just, it, 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 but at the same time, it was cool because there was also just this stillness and this peace. It didn't take away from what was happening in the moment. So that was, that was really neat that even in the, um, even in the, with the quiet and the chaos, he was still, he was still very present. 
Okay, the next picture is just another, like a closer up view of the Dead Sea. We got to go soak there. Uh, not soak, we floated. Um, everything floats in the Dead Sea. It was crazy because like you're told that, but you're still like, mm, I, I will sink in the Dead Sea. You will not sink in the Dead Sea. It is impossible. There, it was, there was a group of four of us that went over together and one of the ladies, she had like laid back and, and she, it was so hard to stand back up. We thought we were just going to have to like pull her back to where um, she could just kind of stand up. But it, thankfully, we, we got her upright, but it was, it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, that, that was just an incredible thing. And then kind of going back to the, the video again, where it talks about a river running in from like the temple to the um, to the Dead Sea that is actually when Jesus comes back and I'm I this this trip just blew open the Bible in a whole other level like I just I'm it, it made me just like I need to go back and, and study again and and know more and and reread this because I mean it was as she was reading things and pointing things out it was just our minds were blowing, but it talks about a river that flows that flows through the desert into the Dead Sea, and they actually just recently found that under the mount the ridge Mount of Olives is a ridge, and under that ridge is they just recently found that there is a river running under it, and when Jesus comes back, that ridge is going to break open. And that river then will be exposed, will flow through, and it will refill the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea right now is actually, um, it's going away. It is, um, it's getting lower and lower every year, and it will eventually be no more. And so when Jesus comes, that opens the way for that new river to come, flow into it, bringing life to the Dead Sea, which will be, um, it won't be the heavily concentrated salt that's in there now where nothing can live. It will be, it will bring life. So that was really cool. Um, the next picture is the, uh, where the, the dead, some of the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in these, um, in these jars. These, these are the, like some of the exact jars, they're 2,000 years old. Um, so the way that God preserved them all of these years is, is an incredible story in itself. I'm going to speed up real quick. Um, if you want to skip to the one with the flags, there is, uh, this one thing that, um, the, the rough, the, the, the trip started off a little bit rough, <laughs> um, to begin with, and dad kept texting me, he's in the details. He's in the details. Look for him in the details. And we got to our second hotel, which was at the on the Sea of Galilee. And I looked out my window, and there was um, the Kenyan flag, which those of you who do know me, my brother lives in Kenya. So for me, it was just a wink from the Lord saying, hey, I got you. I'm here. You're supposed to be here. It was just something that I, I took as something little saying, hey, I'm here. So... That was neat. Um, the and then if you'll go, f um, 
there's like a, you can see the sun coming up. This is our last morning at the Sea of Galilee. And um, the woman, Kim, who planned the trip, she and I, I hadn't had a chance to get in the water yet, so she and I planned to go out for a sunrise swim in the Sea of Galilee. It was the day that we were checking out, so we met down there around 5 in the morning to go for a swim, and as I was getting in, I was thinking about the places that we were going throughout the day, and one of which was a place called Mount Carmel, which is where um, Elijah the prophet defeated the prophets of Baal. And so this place has all, for a lot of reasons, this place was significant to me. I was really looking forward to seeing it. And it's always been one of my favorite stories of the Old Testament. But as we were getting into the water, watching the sunrise, and thinking about where we are going that day, I remembered that that's where we are going. And I felt the Lord say that something significant was going Mount Carmel was going to be. So I'll back up a little bit. Every time I have preached um, in the past, from the moment I have agreed to preaching um, or been, or like from the moment I knew like there was a date and a time, from that moment, um, I would be tormented. I would, it was... um, it was just really hard. Like I would, I would just really have this spiritual attack happening, and I wouldn't, I would not be able to break from it. I um, until after, until after the message was over, and um, that morning, as I was looking out over the sea and thinking about going there, I felt the Lord say, "When you leave Mount Carmel today, you're leaving that behind. It's not gonna." It's not going to um, affect you anymore. You're, you're going to be free. And so I shared that with Kim, and, um, and I was like, all right, so, that, so that's my prayer for the day is that, you know, when I go back, that will no longer be a thing. And so fast forward to Mount Carmel, and um, we're there, and we're, it's like you go up on this roof to kind of look out this is the one, um, it should be about, if you skip two more pictures, um, you see kind of an, yes, this perfect. So uh, in kind of the center, if you see the, there are like multiple trees in rows, those actually uh, represent where the altars for the prophet, for the, the Baal, off, off, Baal altars were. Um, and then the valley behind it is uh, the Valley of Armageddon, or Megiddo, um, as they say over there. But anyway, so we're up high looking over this, and I'm just kind of walking around and very conscious of where I am, like, okay, Lord, what, what's going to happen? Um, and we, uh, so we hear the story, we walk back down, we're getting ready to leave, and I walk out of this, there was like a little chapel there that we were looking around taking pictures, I walk out to head to the bus, and I'm like, okay, well maybe it'll just be a thing where like, maybe it's just a matter of leaving and it'll be gone or whatever. I walk out of the chapel, 
and Kim calls me over, and I look, and like all the the elder mentors um, are there, kind of standing in a circle, and I'm like, oh no, I'm being I'm being ambushed. So she calls me over, and she's like, all right, in like 15 seconds or less, share what you shared with me this morning. So I did. They all start praying. So, of course, I assume the vineyard position of just ready to receive. They start praying. This One of them uh, puts her hand on me, and it's like as soon as she put her hand on me, I felt like a jolt. And... Um, and then the wind started blowing. And so they're praying for me. And then they all, like, are taking turns. They're going around praying for me. And then I'm just, I start laughing. Well, I, in my head, I'm like, don't laugh, don't laugh, because we're, we're praying right now. But the wind starts blowing from, like, three different directions. Like, it feels like I'm in a vortex, like a tornado is happening. Like, I'm like, and I'm thinking, go figure that this will happen because when I spoke it in Getty, the the chaos of the group going by was really loud and, and whatever. So I'm like, go figure, of course, this one time that's a really important moment to me is, you know, of course there's chaos and the wind just decides to go nuts while I'm standing right here getting prayer. I mean, it's my hat, like I, I'm, I'm like thinking my hat's going to fly off my head. We had all these, um, like we had our name tag and these... Uh, these things that were hanging around our necks that are like flapping like crazy, and I'm just like, this is comical, right? So they're praying, they're praying, they say amen, we leave. I forget if I said this, but when, when she first, the first person put her hand on me and prayed for me and I felt like that jolt, the wind blew and I felt something lift off of me. I don't know if I said that the first time, but yeah, so... Um, we leave. We go to our next stop, which was for lunch. We're sitting down, and some of the ladies that had just prayed for me are sitting around me, and they're like, so how are you feeling now? And I said, well, um, I said, good. I, I, I felt something lift off of me when they first started praying, and I said, and then I just thought it was crazy when the wind started blowing and they, you know, were continuing praying and here I am in the middle of like this vortex tornado, go figure, you know, it reminded me of En Gedi and they're all looking at me and, um, and they're looking and they look kind of confused and I was like, what? And they go, Susie, there was no wind. <laughs> and... They, I don't know how many of them were like, if you saw your face right now, because I was like, there was wind. There, it was a tornado. Like, it's from every direction. My hat's flying off my head. Like, my, my tags are blowing. Like, there, there, it, there was wind. And they're like, there was no wind. Like, it was hot. It was like, we would have liked a breeze. Like, there was, there was no, I'm like, there was wind. And they're just like, they, they were like, oh, man, if, if you could see your face right now, because apparently my eyes were just about to bug out of my head because I was like, there was wind. And if you go to the very last picture, one of the ladies just to prove me wrong, <laughs> she, she just happened, the Holy Spirit told her to snap this picture. So this is that moment at Mount Carmel where they're praying for me. 
And as you can see, well, this is what we see, like the back of Sonia, you can tell from her hat, her ribbons are not blowing. There's, there's not wind in this moment. Um, but for me, there was. And that is just um, evidence. That's what one of them was saying later. They're like, this is a moment that no one can take away from you, that not even you can take away from yourself. Because you're not going to be able to say, well, it was just coincidence and the wind just happened to blow. Because there is evidence that the wind was not blowing. But I know that I know that I know that the wind was blowing. And, um, and now just uh, real quick, I wanted to talk about the Western Wall. And this is a place where um, the temple is not currently standing. It was destroyed again. And this western wall is a place where um, Jews will go to touch the wall and to pray. And they'll write out prayers and stick them in the walls. And um, every night they are, the prayers are collected and then buried. They're never destroyed. Um, they're just buried. And, um, and it is a, very, it's a place where it's very, you can very tangibly feel the presence of God. As I'm walking up... Um, I kind of hesitated um, because I kind of had this, I felt conflicted. I felt in a way that as I go up to this wall, um, I almost felt it was a little heretical because I believe that Jesus is with me. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. So I do not need to go to a specific place and touch a specific wall to be able to feel his presence. I can feel his presence, and I do feel his presence no matter where I am. So I kind of had this little, like, do I do, I do this? Do I not? I went ahead, and, and, and I did. I felt like... Um, I felt like he gave me permission, so to speak, to do it. Um, but... I just, um, well, I'd like to read from um, Hebrews. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As I was up there, my heart then broke for all of the people who were there because they didn't know that they didn't have to go to a specific wall in a specific place to feel a touch from God, to feel like their prayers were being answered. And so um, at, yeah, I, they, um, the, uh, One other thing, the, the video talked about Isaiah and, um, and how, that's another favorite story of mine where the um, angel touches him with the coal, the seraphim touches him with the coal 
And, um, and a little further down in that passage, he says, here, here am I, Lord, send me. And one thing that is significant to that, I found out on this trip, um, as I said, Sonia is, um, she's Jewish, so she knows how to reach Jewish people. And um, something that I learned on this trip was that Isaiah 53 is, um, it's known as the forbidden chapter. So Orthodox Jews don't even know that that chapter exists. And um, you can use, Sonia goes through this whole thing where you can use the Old Testament to explain who Jesus is, but you also have to, you cannot just go straight to Jesus is God because of the history. If you start with that, they just put a wall and there's just no, um, because they, they see that as idol worship. If, if they think that you're just equaling um, Jesus with God right away, they have to get to a point where they're able to see it. Whoop, did I? Okay. And um, so in one thing that kind of early on uh, just was so huge for me was that just putting together Isaiah chapter 6 where he has, Isaiah goes in this vision, he has this holy moment, and he says, here I am, Lord, send me. His prayer is, here I am, Lord, send me, use me. And thousands of years later, it's his words in Isaiah 53. It's Isaiah's words that is how um, the chosen, God's chosen people um, find their way back to him. And um, so a few key takeaways. I know that this is, there's so much more that I, I'm just out of time, but... Um, a couple, a couple takeaways I wanted to share. Number one, he's in the details. Um, we can choose to look for him and see ways where he kind of gives us little winks and lets us know, hey, I'm here, I'm with you. Um, or we can choose not to. But if we look for him in the details, um, we're less likely to... And, and I encourage you not to write things off as coincidence because he could be speaking. Um, his promises are yes and amen. There's no room for doubt. Isaiah said, Lord, here I am, send me. And now thousands of years later, it's through his words, like I just said. It's through his words that the chosen people of Israel are finding their way back to him. Um, that was one thing that was very evident over there is there is no room for doubt. It's very clear. I mean, it's just, there's no, there is a God there. I mean, there's just, there is no room. The stories of how God has just protected and um, provided for, this, the stories are just endless. And one of his promises to us is this. He promises to be with us. He will never leave us or forsake us. In the moments of stillness, in the moments of chaos, in the moments in between, in the times of loneliness, in the pain and sorrowful moments, and in the rejoicing in the full moments, he's in them all. 
we have a promise of his presence. He's here. We don't have to go to Israel to experience him. He dwells in us. Um, I'd like to just create some space for a moment for him to just come. If you do not know what it's like for him to dwell in you and you would like that, All you have to do is invite him in. Just let him know. Just talk to him. You don't have to speak it out loud. You can just, in your heart, in your head, Lord, I want to experience you. I want you to lead me. I want to know what it's like to have you with me in every moment, in every season. Maybe you do know what that's like, but you've forgotten. Ask him to remind you. Ask him to fill you afresh. What is he inviting you to give him to allow him to carry for you? Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we invite you in today. We thank you that you are already here, but we lay the welcome mat out for you. Jesus, we love your presence and we want more of you. Will you come and fill us afresh? For anyone who's not made that decision until today, God, will you just come and meet them where they are? Thank you, Jesus, that you died for each of us so that we could enter the Holy of Holies, so that we could come into your presence boldly with confidence, without fear of death without fear of illness without fear without fear that we can boldly approach you and sit in your presence will you seal in us the knowledge of you are who you say you are. And we are your beloved. Help us to carry that with us throughout our week, throughout the months.
Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone said yes today for the first time, please talk to someone. Please let us know. Um, we would love to celebrate with you, welcome you to the family, um, talk to you about next steps, one of which, not the least of, is baptism. We're going to be having a baptism soon, so if you would like to um, be included in that, please let us know. It's a public proclamation of the decision that you've made to, to follow Jesus. Um, so with that... I didn't bring up the, uh, I was planning on it, but I didn't bring the words, so we'll see what I can remember. The, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and bring you peace. That's all I can remember. Amen. Have a good week.